Oh shit! I'm fucking shugging the bang. Oof! There you go. All right. So I'm trying to make sure that my dog gets inside. Um, and here he comes. Once his ass is in the house, I can fucking trap him in this room. We can start doing some real, some real cooking here. All right. Here we go. Fucking just got in, doing all the little dumb mini chores I got to do before the wife comes home. Make sure the dog didn't shit anywhere in his cage. Make sure I bring the mail in. All that dumb shit. Make sure that the house doesn't look fucking filthy. All right. You know? That's always a good thing. Right? Trying to be a good boy. All right. Let's see here. Let me log into this fucking computer. I think that's a login, like 99% sure. And I could pull up. Hold on. Let me get this fucking dog in here. Irish, come on. Come in here. Come on. Dude, it's fucking cold. And I am wondering, should I put a fucking sweater on? Because I kind of want to keep this window open. Just because I like to have the air, like have some air flowing while I do the show. You know, be one with nature, you know. Of course. But, uh, you should be one but, with nature. But I, but it's fucking chilly. Well, you got kids in the house? What do you got going on? What is that? I got my grandbaby in the house. So. Oh, shit. Are you trying to do this show while you babysit? Well, I kind of got this babysitting gig laid on me <laughs> this afternoon. So <laughs> This is going to be fun. Okay, this is going to be fun. Fucking stop the clock and hold the phone. So how old is this baby? He's two. He's talking, right? Well, he mumbles. Is it baby gibberish? No, he's got like a... I hate to say it, but he's got like a speech issue. No, that's so okay. It's not he, a, doesn't, okay. he doesn't like talk. Not not a ton of words. Not At least not enough for like... like Is it one of those things where he's just kind of like... Because my son was like this, right? Where he just didn't... He refused to talk. And then once he, once he got it, he got it. You know what I'm saying? It was like riding a bike. Once he... Once he figured out, oh, I have to use my words to get to get shit, or is it a thing where he just is? Is it like spectrum type shit? Uh, not sure. My my daughter hasn't had him checked out or anything. Okay, so, but he's getting ready to go see like a therapist. <clears throat> yeah, so they're hoping that that kind of helps him out. I'm uh, speaking of kids, I'm trying to pick up my kids. Uh, just picking up around my kids' room because this is where I record, and uh, there's a lot of Halloween fucking candy wrappers in this bitch. Let me tell you, <laughs> like I'm fucking, I've I'm reaching okay, I'm I'm passing okay, this is cool, and now reaching okay, this is bullshit because this is a lot of fucking candy. All right, um, so what's the what's the what's the game plan? We just go right. I mean, if you can edit, you can edit. If not, the kids in the show. Yeah, I mean, if he he doesn't he shouldn't get too loud or anything. So I guess and we'll if he start... does, who cares? Yeah, yeah, who gives a shit? Let's just start the show by saying we got a kid. We're gonna rock and roll, and it is what it is. It's a fucking podcast. That's true. It is a podcast. All right. Uh, well, real quick, I'm guessing you want to start with MMA stuff. Yeah, let's do UFC because I watched that. That shit was cool. We can was run cool. through the card. Um, we can just do the Holloway Maybe. fight. Because that's kind of all I care about. We, I, I, I did not look at the card. I did a very poor job at that. I can pull uh, it up here in a minute. Yeah, I should pull it up. I'm just staring at Google. And then uh, <laughs> we can fucking we can do our usual NFL pickums. 
I want. I do want to do five seconds on Canelo. Really not. You know what I mean? Five seconds usually turns to two, three minutes. But I don't want to do a ton on it because I don't know. It's not as big to me as it is to other people. I don't. I don't know. That's that's kind of my point in my take. Canelo, no, I, I. You know what? I watched the fight. It was actually a really good fight. I thought so. Canelo's an incredible fighter, and I, that. But but what? But what do you do with him? Right. Here's my thing: is he's kind of done everything that he can do in that division. There's not a ton of fights out there. The Triple G fight's kind of gone. Like, like I don't know. I'm sure there's names, and he's Canelo, so he'll continue to fight. Let's Okay, so let's hop in here. You want to do three, right, two, let's one? let's do this. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a special edition of That Other Sports Show. Yes. Your weekly podcast. Say hello to my grandson. Say hi, Grayson. Nah, he's, he's just going to make noise on, at random. He's our special it's guest okay. tonight, folks. He's our special guest. We haven't had we, a guest in a while. We haven't really had a guest do. for a while. Now we got Grayson Tyler with us. He's two years old. He's going to run amok while we do the show, but it's still going to be entertaining because you still got Jay and I doing stuff, talking about things, and completely breaking down or building up your teams or favorite athletes. We so- need... Uh, our listeners to pay attention to our takes and not little man in the background. And I need Jesse to the power of heavy editing to make sure that he's paying attention to the child. So the child's not like sticking his finger in like an electrical socket or climbing. Cause kids although, love to climb. Although if it's like a mild shock and he just kind of like passes out, like he's sleeping for a it's little good. bit. It's, it's a nap. That bad? Like, it's a nap. You just tell the parents he's taking a nap when he shows up. I mean, they're right. breathing. He's breathing. You're good. He's breathing. He's just, he's got like a little bit of a burnt cinch tip. Shirt. Shout out. Shout out to one of my best friends who I never let watch my two-year-old and I let him basically um watch my two-year-old in the backyard for 30 seconds and my two-year-old got on a scooter fell the scooter hit him right dead in between the eyes there you go jesse he needs milk he needs milk he needs something did he fall no he's throwing a pillow at my tv what oh not the tv what do you what's he pissed off about you have to restart the movie no, nah, he just wanted to throw the pillow at the TV. So, oh wow, that's yeah, that one's out of the span of control. My kid hit his head. He had a knot in his head. He he had a knot in his head for I don't know, like five six weeks or some shit. It was a good size one. Um, and as he gets the knot in his head, and I'm like, hey, uh, we might have to go to the hospital. We might have to go to like an urgent care. My buddy goes, uh, yeah, but we have chicken on the grill. What do we do about the chicken? <laughs> and I go, no, you don't understand. <laughs> we don't have kids, and this isn't how it works. You know, the chicken that's but chicken on the grill is so important. Like, and, and, and listen, and and we didn't go to the hot. We didn't go to urgent care. We put a block of ice on the kid's head, and then we ate the fucking chicken and continued to watch NFL Red Zone. So it wasn't that. It wasn't that big of a deal. But yes. Anyway, um, we were talking Canelo before we started recording the show. And uh, let's start there. Combat sports shit. Um, Jess, you watch Canelo. I watched Canelo uh, via replay later in the night. Yeah, me uh, watched some of it the next morning as well. Kind of went back and replayed it because um, that's the, the cool thing about DAZN. Um, shout out DAZN. But uh, still getting my $10 after all these years via auto draft. Um, but fucking, uh, yeah. Here's the thing with Canelo. What do we do next with him? 
I feel like he's beaten literally every single person you can beat all around the globe. Like, it doesn't matter if it's America's best or Britain's best or the United Kingdom's best or Zaheer's best. He's fucking beat them all. Um, Jess, give me some quick thoughts because you did watch his fight. Some Canelo thoughts. Um, and what do we do with Canelo? Uh, uh, so uh, Canelo even mentioned in like a, a few of his post fight interviews that the first five rounds were really tough for him. Um, I don't think that it was tough for him as much as he downplayed his opponent. And, and I don't want to take anything away from Caleb Plant. Plant came in with a really good game plan and put it to work. But Canelo is just uh, – he's a masterful technician. And if you let him get rolling, then he will slowly, as we've seen in other Canelo fights, he slowly starts evolving in the middle of the fight. And it was towards that fifth, sixth, seventh round. The fear's out. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, that, that goes to show just the brilliance of his fight IQ. Uh, he's willing to stand in for the first three to five rounds and see what his opponent has to offer before he lets his coaches change up the game plan to better fit what they've already seen. And it's kind of like an NFL squad. You go into halftime, you know, seven to three. And then you come back out, and now next thing you know, team runs off 21 straight points because the game plan has changed. The coach adjustments. Adjustments. adjustments are made. Halftime adjustments. Canelo is, again, brilliant tech, uh, technician. He's got uh, tremendous footwork. We all know the defense, the head speed, the movement, the hand speed. Uh, and then at the end of the day, when you look at Canelo, it's all about that power. Like, he was hitting plant. Like, I watched him hit plant. I can't remember what round. Just square in the belly. Boom. Plant looked like he was about to. Then, of course, just just start, you know, unloading punches. And then, of course, he got that big knockdown. And then shortly after is when he got the uh, TKO. Uh, plant showed a lot of heart. He stayed in the pocket with Canelo, which not a lot of guys are willing to do. Uh, just not enough firepower. And again, yeah. I'm going to go back to the fight IQ. I'm not saying that Plant isn't a smart guy. Like he's got great fighter. He's, he's a top tier fighter. Exactly. He's gotten to where he's gotten with a good IQ of the fight game. How to plan for your opponent? How to fight and plan in the middle of a fight for your opponents? But Canelo's just on another level. What we do with him? That's a whole other thing. Uh, the guy says that he's got fights left. I don't know who he fights. Jay, yeah. this would be this is where you would come in and start naming off names. I don't yeah. know who he fights. The, uh, the, you, you one of the char one of the Charlo brothers, his name's out there. Benavides is a Mexican fighter. He's out there. I mean, Triple G's really the fight. Fight. It's probably the fight that would make him the most amount of money. I don't know how the the, the zone thing works, but I would assume that's where the most amount of money is. I don't. This is the this is where I this is why I wanted to start and kind of end with the Canelo stuff is I don't I don't know what they do next with him because he's beaten everybody and he's I mean he's at the top of his career he's also made an absolute shitload of money and I don't I just don't know what you do with him anymore I mean you know you know I 
I'm not saying he should retire. I just don't know what you he, do. he can't. Re- he can't retire. Any, I think anyone he fights, whether it's Charlo, whether it's this Benavides dude, he's going to be another big ass favorite. The same way he was a big ass favorite against Plant. And I, I, I mean, again, I have the zone, so I'm not paying for these pay per views or these aren't the every Canelo fight that I've watched is on the zone now. So it's not a scenario where I've, I'm paying for a pay per view. It's just part of the service which is the dope thing about the zone but i don't i i couldn't see a scenario where outside of it being on the zone i'm gonna go oh i would go out of my way to watch canelo i will say this jess canelo is a fucking enormous draw in the mexican community he is um is that my fucking computer he is uh <laughs> it is i turned it off nice he has surpassed um uh, Oscar De La Hoya in regards to popularity. He's the most popular me- popular Mexican fighter in the past 25 years. He, in my opinion, he's passed Oscar De La Hoya. What I notice now when uh, Canelo fights, it's a big deal for Mexican families. The same way it was when De La Hoya fought. The same way it was when you would get the Barreras-Morales matchups. Um, almost the same way it was for a moment when Pacquiao was fighting because Pacquiao was always fighting Mexican fighters. Um, the Canelo thing now has become more of a thing where I will see families on social media getting together and having big meals. Um, you know what I'm saying? Which is something that uh, you get in the Mexican Hispanic community when it comes to these bigger stars. Canelo is one of them. Canelo was it. So um, shout out Che Rollins. I'm sure that the Dave dog watches fight with his family. So he knows what I'm talking about. That's where we're at now with these type of fights again, but I don't know what you do with, with Canelo. I'll say it five times. I, I won't say it again. What, um, are the, what other fighters out there, whether it's mixed martial arts or boxing, which other uh, fighters are out there that are in that same category? Like where they're still capable of fighting. They're still capable of putting on, you know, exciting well, fights. I think, I think it's Triple G. I think Triple G is the real last, okay, the fight is there. But record-wise, he would say, well, I won one of those. He would say, I won both of those fights. If you ask Canelo, he would say, I won both those fights. Even though on paper, I believe one is a draw and one was a decision for Canelo. Um, I The way that I scored the fights, the way that I remember, I thought I had him different i think i thought i thought uh triple g won the first fight and i thought canelo won the second fight um so i i would love to see him fight a third time but again i, I think in canelo's mind he thinks i, I i'm not gonna take that fight and from maybe from his thought his standpoint he doesn't have to take that fight because again he, he's he's thinking i've won this fight twice and it is still an incredibly dangerous fight and when you look at canelo's fights the last 10 years outside of the floyd mayweather fight that was his most that was the the most competitive fight, if you will. The only fight that was close, in my opinion. Because all these fights, the scorecard might be 8-4 or 9-3 or at the end of the night if he's not knocking these guys out. But it's because, like you said, Jess, with your keen eye, he takes three or four rounds to kind of figure guys out. He takes three or four rounds to really be more of a counterpuncher and less of an aggressor because he wants to see if guys are going to make mistakes. And he wants to see um, how many risks a guy are willing to take uh, within the first few rounds before he gets comfortable and gets that sweat going and really gets moving and, and, and being the dominant Canelo that we know. Um, I want to move to the UFC here, Jess. I don't want to spend a ton of more time on Canelo, but again, 
I would love to see him fight Triple G. I, I I do think that is the fight, but I don't think it ever happens. I think that's the biggest money fight. I the two sixty eight. Two sixty eight was fun. It was all that we thought it would be. It was one of these uh very rare. We see it on paper. It ends up being way, what we want it to be on paper. Um I don't want to spend a ton of time on the undercard, Jess, but I wanna talk about this and I'm gonna butcher his name. I believe it's Imiyov. Oh, there it is. And I I swear, it's one of these things you know how to say it. You just can't say it. You practice saying it in the mirror, and then it's time for you to say it into a microphone, and you still fuck it up. Imiyov. I believe it's Imovov. Imovov. This fucking guy, Jess, is a killer. And I'm telling you right now, Jess, this is the one dude... I made it a point. I tweeted this. Make sure that we bring this guy up on the on the undercard. Bobby Green looked great. Chris Curtis looked great. Shout out to our boy who we mentioned uh, uh, last Chris, week, Chris Barnett, Chris Barnett, who was the highlight knockout, it seemed like, on all of social media during the weekend. But um, the it, this Imavov kid, Jess, um, he intimidates me. He scares me. He <laughs> likes to inflict pain on people. He's not an athlete. He's not uh, a points fighter. He is looking to fucking hurt you. And the hurting that he put on this Edmund kid, who at one point was the blue chipper, um, it was pretty real. The crucifix he put him in and beat him in was so big brother, little brother. It was just fucking brutal. Um, I don't know if you saw the fight, Chess. If you do, oh, okay. yeah, the the boy's ready. He's fired up. He's he's as fired up as Zimbabwe was after his win. But uh, yeah, any thoughts on this fight, Jess? Uh, I have to agree that uh, Imovov is uh, he's a different he's a different cat, man. Yeah, I believe he's French. I, I believe, believe so as well. Uh, so I mean, you know, maybe got one of those like evil French villains from like nineteen eighties, like the. Uh, the bad guy in Pink Panther. The bad guy from Pink Panther, exactly. Uh, it was, it, it was actually really refreshing to see how he fought. Like uh, he was tactical, yet every strike he threw just <laughs> to hurt. <laughs> and and you're right. I think that he bad really threw it at some point in time. Like he was like enjoying inflicting the pain. Uh, I have we haven't seen a crucifix in the UFC. For a very to long time. To finish like that, though. To finish and, like that. And to get that finish. I mean, uh, the last time we saw something that violent was probably, we go back to one of our old favorite guests, Gary Goodridge. <laughs> it is. Where he killed the man. It's fixed. Um, I'm just throwing names out there now because I want to like that. brag and stuff. Uh, Imovov is a scary guy. Uh, I'm looking at his fights. Uh, over, He's got uh, half of his fights have ended in a, in a knockout or a TKO in his favor. He's only got the one loss, and that was to Phil Haas. Haas, who had the win also. So possibly that's the next fight, right? I mean, maybe we put those two young studs together, and I don't Phil, mean Haas is like 37 Phil Haas, years old. Phil Haas was winning that fight for four minutes and 25 seconds and then got hit with one check hook and got yeah. knocked silly, and that was it. And Chris Curtis who kind of looked like Childish Gambino, had a, I think I'm just happy to be here moment. It was really fucking odd after that Refreshing. fight. The, the prelims were fire. The Alex Perea knockout, they were pumping him up as this incredible striker, and he was just getting grapple fuck for a second, just putting unique scenarios where you could tell he was getting, just they were just trying to gas him. Andreas was trying to gas him. 
And then Perea lands the video game knee. It's the knee that you throw when you're playing UFC or whatever fucking combat sports video game you play. <laughs> and it fucking destroyed my guy. It was a beautiful finish. Yeah, um, it had that was a beautiful knee. It was that we, was too. There was a lot of violent acts in this in this fight. We need to spend time talking about Gaethje versus Chandler. This is one of those fights every single person knew it was going to be violent, and it delivered. I have spent a lot of time on this show, Jess, trying to trying to focus on this. Shout out, hashtag MMA Twitter. You guys really disrespect Chandler. The <laughs> old MMA guard who remembers Chandler and all these wars in Bellator where they were throwing every Brazilian at him 10 years ago or eight years ago and Eddie Alvarez and all these guys. They remember how fucking much of a badass Chandler was. And when he came to the UFC in traditional Dana White fashion, he's going to throw tough dudes at you. He fought Hooker in his first fight. He fought for the belt, the champion in his second fight. And that was a tough fight that he lost. And in his third fight, he gets Gaethje for a, a potential rematch for the title. And this fight fucking delivered Jess on that i mean just an incredible display of hands uh the kicks were there chandler digs to the body which is so impressive uh the one mistake chandler kept making was he kept doing the let's bang bro let's get right in the middle which i just don't understand the logic behind it when points in this fight Jess he was actually using a bit of a strategy an in and out strategy that was working and he was hurting Gaethje um, he hurt Gaethje probably two or three times in this fight once for uh, I was watching the fight we thought oh damn he's about to finish Gaethje which I mean happens in Gaethje fights right even when he wins but um, Chandler's display of striking in this fight we're gonna you know everyone's gonna talk about how amazing Gaethje is right and he's a real American we love him but Chandler, I do not want to discredit Chandler and what he's done in the UFC because his run has been fucking impressive, Jess. Give me some random thoughts on this. Yeah, so I think that we're going to come across this uh, when we hit the main event. We're going to talk about the Covington-Usman rematch. I think we're going to have similar takes. Um, so Michael Chandler has always taken tough fights. When he was in Bellator, he bought he fought both the Freire brothers, uh, Patricky and Patrick. Uh, he has fought Eddie Alvarez when Eddie was like top of his game. He's never fought like an opponent. Did he knock out? Did he knock out Henderson? Maybe he didn't yes, fight Henderson. I can't. He remember. does have a win over Benson Henderson as well. Uh, that was also at a Bellator card. Uh, this guy doesn't ever get easy fights. He He's always thrown in the mix with the tough fights because in Bellator, they knew that he was a top dog. Coming over to the UFC, I think that Dana White truly believed that Michael Chandler was going to come over and be the same type of warrior he was. And that's, again, another reason to throw him such tough fights that he's gotten. And so I do have to say, you know, much respect to Michael Chandler for just coming over. He could have told Dana, hey, Dana, you know what, man? Give me a, a couple gimme fights. Like, let me get my feet wet. Yeah. You know, like, where's, where's, where's Michael? Where's, uh, where's Michael Menace Johnson? What's yeah, where's Mike? Everybody fights Michael Menace Johnson. Dana, let's go. Throw him in here. Come on. But <laughs> didn't he only has taken big fights. Uh, my only problem with Michael Chandler is in the UFC, 
unlike the talent, and I'm not saying that there's a huge talent difference between Bellator and UFC, although there possibly is, you can't just go into there with the let's bang bro mentality. And that's what he had in Bellator, especially when the wrestling wasn't working. He would just stand in the pocket and swing. That's how he lost to one of the Freer brothers. I can't remember which one, if it was Patricky or the other, but he got straight. The good one. Flash knocked out. Boom. Uh, he got laid out uh, and just stand in the pocket. And I honestly thought that was going to happen. And he got he got walloped a couple times and just engaged yeah. power. Justin Gaethje looks like the backyard brawler dude from YouTube, uh, except that he actually can fight really well. Like, he's a really damn good fighter. His leg kicks are outstanding. His striking is you know, wild, but perfect. Do you know what he reminds me a little bit of, Jeff? This is, he's got a little bit of Tank Abbott in him. He's, he <laughs> he does. really does. He does. He's got a little, like, ministry. He's a burly-chested fucker. But overall, it was a fantastic fight. I picked a knockout. I thought that Chandler's let's bang bro mentality was going to get him caught and messed up bad. It it did. Yeah. Not a knockout. Yeah. Right? You both you both looked good at the end of the night. Albeit Chandler looked good. I don't know. If they, yeah, I don't know if Chandler looked good at the end of the night. He, he survived. He, you know, I'm sure his – Gaethje looked okay, which tripped me out. Gaethje looked okay. Gaethje looked like he wouldn't have no issues. Gaethje you know looks saying? like he probably went to the bar and had a few drinks afterwards. But he, but he, I'm telling you, Jess, he took a beating to his body. Chandler was digging to his body. I was like, fuck. Everyone talks about leg kicks and how thin Chandler's legs are, but like, fuck, Gaethje was getting his body beat up. Man, there were so many moments in this fight. I was like, man, whoever lands the first big right hand, because neither of these guys defend a right hand. Did you, you can lead straight right hand, left hook. Um, there's a moment towards the end of the second round, too. It kind of sucked for Chandler. He landed a big fucking right hand and then came back and poked Gaethje in the eye. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, it just kind of fucked up the rhythm of the fight. And then again, there was only maybe 10, 11 seconds left when he did it. But man, who knows what, ha- what happens in that 10 or 11 seconds? Just an absolute fantastic fight, man. Just nope. a fucking barn burner. Again, I would love to watch these guys fight 10 fucking times. I w- again, I'm sure everybody in the room that I was in at some point went, this isn't a five-rounder. And I'm sure around the world, everybody said that shit. Now, and, and Gaethje even said it himself, We're, we should have been born at another time because we are, we are meant to be gladiators that fight to the death. And I'm thinking, man, I just want two more rounds. I don't need y'all <laughs> to die. Just give me two more rounds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Gaethje going to the extreme uh, to, to prove your point. <laughs> Uh, body shots. Uh, Gaethje landed seven of twelve. Michael Chandler landed a very impressive twenty-eight of thirty-five body shots. These aren't digging. These aren't jabs to no. the body. He's coming inside and drawing like just nasty body hooks. Like but, you know, what I'm saying you hate to say Mickey Ward, but it really no, is he was, he strong broke. boxing. And we always talk about our great. Uh, Justin striking is and it is great but man Chandler's boxing is so fucking tight and his hands are fast he just he gets tagged man he gets tagged in these exchanges with these little gloves and shit happens let me tell you um, uh, as normal though real quick uh, as normal and everybody like in most of his fights Justin Gaethje landed an amazing 26 to 28 leg strikes Chandler actually landed every single. He landed 11 of 11 leg strikes. The only difference is is when Gaethje lands a strike, it's like getting hit in the thigh with a hammer. 
There was a moment where you can tell the leg kicks affected Chandler because he switched to southpaw. And yeah. then I said out loud, he never switches to southpaw ever. I've never seen this dude switch in a fight. And if it was, it was momentarily. So he was switching because his leg, his front, his lead leg was fucking bothering him. So again, credit to Justin for doing that shit. But I, I just, man, that body work. Hell of a fight. I would love to see him fight five rounds. I'd love to see him fight again. And you never know the great thing about mixed martial arts. We've been saying it for fucking five or six years. Man, we sure would love to see Diaz and uh, McGregor one more time. So who knows? Five or six years down the road, these guys are still pretty young. We might be saying, man, I'd love to see these guys fight one more time. Um, Burgos versus Billy Quintilio, the internet darling. Jess, this was a fucking banger fight too. And I know you don't know a ton about Billy Q. He is a, a tw MMA Twitter darling. But this was a banger fight. And um, I think I said it on Twitter. We got six straight rounds of great stand-up violence between this fight and the Burgos-Billy uh, Q fight. I gave the fight to Burgos, uh, two rounds to one. Billy Q reminds me a little bit of um, Dominic Cruz, which is high volume, just volume, 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 volume. He doesn't have the footwork that a Dominic Cruz has, but he's just a volume-type cat, and he throws um, great combinations that end with uppercuts. And start with uppercuts. He throws a really unique. It's almost like a 45. Um, but, and here it is. Oscar De La Hoya getting mentioned again in the show. Almost an Oscar De La Hoya type 45 uppercut. It's very unique in boxing. But Burgos was a dog. Burgos was just a fucking dog. And uh, Burgos just hit a little harder. That, in my opinion, was a difference. It wasn't the volume. It was the, it was just that Burgos hit a little bit fucking harder. And he, he really, it, he re it really was a difference in this fight. Um, and we won't spend as much time on this as we did Gaethje Chandler. And there's other fights on this card we got to touch on, Jess. But do you, what do you think about Burgos, Billy Q? Uh, did Billy Q earn your respect? Did he did he earn a follow? Yeah, you know, both these guys came in. Uh, I think that all of us know who Shane Burgos is by now. Like he's been around. He's fought some fights. He he fights the same way. He's always in electrifying fights. Uh, very hard fought battles. Uh, both these men threw, uh, they threw for over 700 strikes combined. Yeah, there was a point where there was like a minute left in the round, and it said this fight has just surpassed the featherweight all-time striking, uh, whatever it was. I was like, holy shit, that makes yeah. sense. It's, it's but a, I was like, but there's a minute left. It's a, it was a, That's a lot of strikes for two men to throw in 15 minutes. So, um, But we, again, we all know that Shane Burgos can do that kind of thing. It's his typical fight style. Um, I didn't know much about uh, about Billy Q, but this man can bang. He came yes. in, he sat in the pocket, he wasn't afraid to he wasn't afraid to cover up and let uh, Burgos throw some strikes, and then uh, he was willing to exchange. He was willing to exchange, which which was uh, really made the fight really fun. All those type of fights when you when you got two guys willing to just throw throw pops, it's really <laughs> Um, in the end, uh, I also gave uh, Burgos a two-one edge. Uh, I think that he just outworked uh, Quarantillo or Quarantillo a little bit more, and uh, and he did. To my surprise, I didn't even know why this fight was above Gaethje Chandler in the first place. I, that was my thing when I first was like, I was like, why are these guys fighting? I think they were just trying to get that motherfucker started. Like, they but, were like, we're just going to set this bitch off. Oh, I think I also heard someone say that they were going to make sure they got fans in the stands before the first fight by doing that as well. 
No, that makes total sense. And it actually worked out well because these two continued the show from the Gaethje Chandler fight. Like it was at like, the bar. That it was a continuation. The bar was set by Gaethje Chandler. These guys at least reached or close to an, enough to the bar to continue that card. I thought it was a great fight. I'm looking forward to see what happens with both these guys. They're it's younger weird, cats. Weird. Just just to throw this out there, I'm not sure if either one of these guys are really title contender type dudes, but guys who can just go and bang like that and put on exciting fights typically have a fairly long career. They stick around, right? They always stick around. Um, I'm interested in seeing what happens with these guys, and you and I are in agreement there. Um, Cheeto Vera versus Frankie Edgar. This fight was a little bit more interesting than I thought it would be. Edgar stuck around, and there were moments later in this fight where I was like, Edgar's going to fuck around and win this fight. Uh, and then he got kicked with that Anderson Silva front kick that knocked out Vitor Belfort. Um, it was kind of sad and depressing, and I said it when we picked, made the picks last week, Jess. I says I don't like the way this is going to end for Frankie Edgar. It just ended even more depressingly for me because, as I mentioned, there were moments in this fight where I was like, he's going to fucking steal this fight. This is going to be a great story. And then he just – the kick is so bad now because now the the receipts there of the photo where his face is morphing from, like, the toes going into his, <laughs> the top of his teeth. And uh, it's just bad. It's bad. Um, Jess, give me some thoughts on this fight. Frankie Edgar, this is where it gets tricky, man. Like, Frankie Edgar showed flashes of a younger, spryer Frankie Edgar. The truth. Fucking stole around. But you I'm going to literally stole around when I'm just going to out grapple your ass and just, you're going to be lazy. I'm going to out grapple you and just steal around. And I think that if he fights again, he can get into a fight with a guy who. Can t- will typically take a round or two off. I think that that fits that bodes well for Frankie Edgar because Edgar will outwork you until he gets knocked out. He yeah. even now, like even in that fight, like he was going, you know, Vera is a very difficult fighter to try to control. Uh, his his uh, technique is a little bit out there, like it's it. it He's got strength behind all of his pops, and then now he's throwing in a bunch of these leg kicks and stuff that, that we haven't really seen from him before. But Edgar will outwork you until he gets caught, and it just happened to be that he, he just got caught. But the second or third fight in a row, we're, we're this, staying. This is the third. Like, what's happening? We're, we're now reaching that fucking gray area that I was talking to you about before with BJ Penn, where these guys start taking – ugly losses at the tail end of their career and their first ballot UFC hall of famers or combat sports hall of famers. But when they're getting knocked out like this at the end of their career and they go from five losses to 10 losses like that, it just looks really bad when people look at their records and go, Oh, was Frankie Edgar really that good? Cause he was 23 and 10. And, and I hate that. I fucking hate that. Um, Cheeto Vera took some time to warm up. He took a second round off, in my opinion. He let Frankie fucking lay on him and control him. He gave that round up. And again, there was a moment in the third round where he was getting controlled. And it was weird because I don't know if he had to start talking shit to Frankie to piss himself off, to like hook up, to <laughs> go, all right, now I'm mad at you. Now I got to fucking knock you out. I got to throw this stupid kick to knock you out. I don't know if he was just too respectful at the beginning of the fight because he's like, oh, this is crazy. I'm fighting Frankie Edgar. But... um, 
it didn't end well for Frankie. And I just don't want to see Frankie fight anymore. I'm sorry. I don't. There's certain guys, you know, if you were a champ six, seven years ago, I just, I really don't want, unless you were 21 or 22 at that time. Uh, the sport has evolved. It's a young man's sport. You know, father time's a motherfucker. The same shit we say every week at nauseum when it comes to these older cats. I don't want to see him anymore. Unless it's Triller and he's uh, 225 pounds and he's fighting Jesse Thomas. Then I'd love exactly. to see it. So that's it. In Frankie Egger's last five, he lost a, uh, a decision to Max Holloway. He lost by KO to Chan Sung Jung. It's bad. He did get a win, a decision over uh, uh, Munoz, which was yeah. like absolutely astonishing. And then he lost badly to Corey Sanhagen, as we all very, very badly. And then he lost very badly again last night to Marlon Vera. Uh, one out of your last four usually means you're getting a ticket out of town. Yes. So it's town. Frank Yeager will not get that ticket because he is the answer. Uh, you will not get that ticket, but I love I that. Don't want. I love your optimism. I don't want to see him fight again. This and is when uh, he, this is that gray area, like you were talking about. You can't put him up against top fifteen competition now. No, you can't. You can't put him in but, against top twenty five. But he do you want to? See, do you even want to see him fight some kid who's got like a two and three record? No. You no. It's embarrassing. He's a former champion. He's a he's hall, passed. A he's hall now surpassed. He okay. So the younger he's put the younger talent over to use our wrestling metaphor, and it only took us thirty minutes to get here, I believe. He's put the younger talent over. The older guy has done the job for the younger talent. Okay, now you've got Corey Sandhagen, who's going to be great and win a lot of fights and possibly be a champion. And you got Cheeto, who might be a top five contender at some point, maybe a fringe champion. Who knows? He's put the younger talent over, brother. It's time for him to hang him up. There's no reason for him to be to continue to be put in these fights where he's either going to fight, he's going to struggle with a dude outside of the top 15 or 20, or he's going to get knocked out quick, quick, quickly, like against Sanhagen, or a long, agonizing, slow, damn, he grinded out just to get knocked out in three at the end of the third round, like we just saw this past weekend. I'm good with. I'm, I don't want to see either or anymore. Let's bring back Uriah Faber and just have like a Hall of Famer fight. Good. <laughs> Why not? You know, what's Bruce Leroy doing? Let's get Bruce Leroy. Is, can he make 155? I don't even know if that's a good matchup. He might be I, in the I, top 20. I think a Frankie Edgar fight that needs to happen is going to have to be against another future Hall of Famer. And I think it's going to have to be kind of like his going out ceremony fight. Uh, I don't know. Of them. I, I don't no, know who, I don't know who it is. Maybe make him fight Aldo again. I don't know. I knew you were going to say that because I almost said it. <laughs> and I don't even want to see that. I don't want to see that either because I think uh, Jose Aldo, even in, in his advanced stage, he still hits and kicks really fucking Yeah, hard. I don't want to see that. I think both. I think one is aged better than the other. And Aldo's aged a little better. <sighs> um, let's move forward jess rose versus zang this was an incredible fight this was a fun fight this was not a quick knockout like the last one this was a this was a grinder fight i was i actually really enjoyed the grinding in this fight that rose had to do a bit of a um of a tail here if you will within the five rounds because in my opinion, there was a moment where Rose was possibly down 3-0 or, or uh, 2-0 or 2-1. 
and had to grind out. She was not down 3-0. 2-1. Some people score cards. She was down 3-0, I saw. But I had her 2-1 down, and I believe she had to grind out those last two rounds, which she did with her grappling. Um, her grappling was so boring that Dana White switched his monitor to <laughs> Pinello. Uh, that's a real photo. If you've seen it on the internet and you're wondering. That is not fake. Don't Google it. I, we're here to tell you that that's what, actually what Dana White did. He changed the fuck. Could you imagine, Jess, working your entire life to have that opportunity to fight for the UFC belt, even if you fought for it two or three times? You're Rose, Okay. And at some point you go home after one of the toughest fights of your career. And at some point you're looking at your phone and you see that fucking photo. You cannot tell me that you're not going to be a little bit of upset. You cannot tell me that you're not going to go, come on, man, really? You know, that's not going to be the reaction that goes through your mind. Come on, really? I'm grinding my ass off there fighting one of the toughest women in the world. And you're going to put fucking Canelo on against a plant <laughs> i'm sorry it's disrespectful that's, that's so dana white though it is <laughs> so dana white. that's so dana that's so dana <laughs> oh oh that's so dana that's fucking guy and that, fucking, that, that's dana Jeez. you know what dana cares about the 10 grand the 10 fucking racks the 10 large that he put up on canelo on a bet <laughs> That's what he gives a fuck about. Not the yeah. championship fight that he's paid to monitor. His actual job is you should be paying attention to that fight. Nah, he's watching. He's got Canelo on the fucking monitor. He, you know what? You know what he's doing? He's doing the thing that uh, shout out the guys who got like two screens at their house, like the ballers, or the guy at his house that has a monitor and like a tablet up, and he's like, I'm watching both fights. I'm streaming both fights illegally, probably. <laughs> here's Canelo on my tablet, and here's fucking this fight, uh, the Rose fight on my laptop. Um, Rose grinded Jess. It was a fun fight. Um, Zhang is a motherfucker. Zhang still is a killer. There's nothing in my mind that, that changes the opinion. And if somebody said Zhang won the first three rounds, I'm not opposed to it. Um, those rounds were tough to score. Um, give me some thoughts on this fight, Jess, please. Uh, yeah, uh, two big things. Uh, Zhang Wiley is is a she's a, she's a beast in the cage. Uh, she she controlled most of the first three rounds. I don't want to say all, but a lot of the first three rounds. She's still a killer, and and she imposed her will. She's physically uh, more dominant than Rose, and it took Rose a while to adapt. And Wiley changed her game plan from the first fight. Obviously, there wasn't much of the first fight, but yeah. she came in with a different mindset. She wasn't afraid to go strike with, with Rose. Uh, and actually feeling the, the confidence of, I truly am a better striker than this lady. This chick across from me, she's, she's a grappler. She's not a striker. I don't know how the fuck she knocked me out last time, but it's not happening this time. She hard leg kicks. She took that mindset in and, and, like I said, controlled most of the first three rounds. A beast. And I'm going to tell you, like, there could be a possible opportunity for a third fight. Uh, with Rose, again, took her a while. And we all know her history as far as, like, uh, you know, being in her own head and just kind of, like, working through some of the lumps. Uh, yeah. 
game planning and stuff and having to really have coaches like really be focused yeah. for her while she's inside of the cage. I think that that was a big deal. I think that Rose doesn't like the spotlight. I feel she's very uncomfortable in the spotlight. And being the champ obviously brings the spotlight. And I just don't think that she truly likes it and has never adapted to it. Uh, but halfway through the fight, she figures things out. She goes, hey, you know what? I am a fucking grappler. So I'm going to grapple fuck this chick until she can't get up off the ground. And I've controlled most of the rest of this fight. And that's what she did. And some people will say it's boring. I call it tactical. If you're losing a fight standing up, you don't continue to stand up and then get knocked the fuck out. You take the person down. Mixed martial arts. Roll them. It's it's mixed martial arts. It's mixed martial arts. There's different martial arts. Hard emphasis on the mix, Jess. I heard that. Hard. So Rose did exactly what she was supposed to do to win and continue defending her title. That's what she's done. And I got to say hats off to both these women, phenomenal athletes, phenomenal fighters. And personally, after seeing both of them being so respectful towards each other, uh, great, tremendous human beings and members of the UFC and the MMA community. Not sure what they do next with Rose. I'm sure they've got girls set up there. That division has a lot of tough gals in it. Uh, Is it Carla? I, I love that fight. It, that just, was that was how, the, how cool and full circle is that though? That was the inaugural, <laughs> yeah, flyweight championship. That's what I'm saying. How cool and full circle is that? If that if that actually is the shout out UFC, the their fucking producing department, they did a badass um, intro to the belt and like here's the history of the belt from the Ultimate Fighter where Rose was at because Rose has kind of been in all these title fights at one point or another when it's come to the strawweight belt. So I think it would just be a cool ass story if it went full circle. And now you have Carla probably on the back end of her career now, who knows? And you might say the same about Rose, right? But when Rose took that fight, she was like two and one or some dumb shit, right? Or did she even have one pro, (coughs) excuse me. She'd have a ton of pro fights. Uh, But I believe that the only pro fights she had were the ones leading up to the actual championship. Yeah, yeah, maybe one. Fuck, it was weird. So the the whole thing is so unique. But man, I I love the story of that right there. The, but listen, just listen. This is what Rose has done in her last five. She beat she beat Johanna Champion. She lost to Jessica Andrade. She beat Jessica Andrade. She's beaten Wiley twice in a row. Just those last five fights are dingers, man. Those are all da- those are all murderers row. Murderers row fights, and and Rose comes off. I mean, you look at her and you're like, she's not even girl next door, man. Like, she's you know she's the chick you pass in the hallway. I, I I'm not I'm trying not to be disrespectful. I'm just saying. Yeah, be careful here. I'm just saying she's the Don't one. Very she's the friend, you know. She's Rose the one still follows you... me on Twitter, even though I don't know if she tweets or I have no fucking clue. But she still follows me on Twitter, and I've always thought. Man, I uh, fuck. I hope I don't tweet some random ass shit that she just randomly decides to open Twitter that one day and fucking put me on blast. And what I mean by the things I'm saying about Rose is that she is comfortable being the almost playing the outcast person. She's she's embraced it. She's embraced it. Okay, embraced who she is. (laughs) When she said that she was talking about doing these Earth Academies, I was like, damn, she's a really different cat. Yes. She is. She's uh, she's Andre 3000 different um for my musical people. Thank uh, you. 
And who knows what they do with Zang, but I'll tell you what, I would not want to, you know, um, to, to do the pro wrestling angle again. I would hate to be the person that fights Zang next because she's going to be like a fucking killer with who, the next two, three fights, whatever it takes for her to get back to that title fight. Maybe a um, fight. What about uh, let's let's do Usman versus Covington because we've we're listen, Jess, we're forty eight minutes deep on this show already, and we haven't even touched the NFL. I got time, but uh, this is going to be a longer show. We were doing so good at the shorter shows, and now here we are. This one might go long. I don't know. Are we are we good with like our babysitting time, or what are we doing there? No, we're good. We're perfect. All right, uh, Usman, Covington. Um, it in my opinion, it it was what I mean. It was a fucking fantastic fight. Now, some people may not have thought it was as fantastic as the first fight, and I understand. But again, the story that this fight told to me, it had a little bit of a Rocky Balboa with Colby Covington, which is weird because he wants to be the heel. He wants to be MJF. He wants to be the that guy. But it at some point, the crowd was cheering for him at some point, much like Rocky in Russia, the crowd started cheering for his ass. It was fucking trippy. Um, Usman just is so great. So elite, maybe the best pound for pound. But again, Jess, I am a styles make fights kind of dude. And Colby style just gives Usman fits, uh, really unique fits. Um, there was a moment in this fight, and I think it was the second round, where he dropped the absolute shit out of Colby. I mean, he dropped Colby so bad his legs looked like a newborn giraffe when it, <laughs> his knees were clicking. It was bad. Um, but goddamn, for Colby to be able to um, survive that and then fight the two or three more rounds and maybe even win two of those rounds. To me, it just says a ton about Colby's chin, uh, Colby's mental toughness, all that dumb shit. Um, jump in here, Jess. None of that is dumb shit. All that is absolutely on point. Um, let me piggyback off the uh, the mental toughness. And I think that this goes for both of these men. I think that both of these men have been hurt, uh, both in the first fight and in the, here in the second fight. Colby. Yes. I remember the shot you were talking about. Colby fell flat on his ass. Couldn't really get back up that quickly. Usman jumped down, tried to throw some blows, land on top of him. And Colby Covington, the heel of all heels, the mouth of the south, ended up getting back up to his feet and continuing. And and not just continuing, but he kept fighting. All reminiscent of him fighting for what two and a half rounds with a broken fucking jaw. Mm-hmm. This is this is not this is not one of those things that we need to just say. Oh, Colby's a trumper, so let's you know say fuck Colby. Yeah, or it's, whatever. It's, yeah, that's that's a gimmick, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not focused on that shit. No, and that that shit doesn't really make me hate him. That shit just makes me laugh I'm, at him. In MMA hashtag MMA Twitter to 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 shy away from that as well. If you are true, if you're a true mixed martial arts fan and you're the guy on hashtag MMA Twitter who actually cares and you learn and you you look at what's actually happening at these fighters and with these fighters, Colby Covington is a fighter. There is no doubt about it. He, this man is a fighter and he's a tough, tough son of a bitch, to quote the great Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
I want to say this to Jess. It, it, if you are a fan of combat sports or mixed martial arts, you have to, at some point, and maybe I'm just wrong, maybe not everybody, buddy, maybe one out of ten, be a fan of pro wrestling. And you have to understand when a guy comes out to Kurt Angle's music and when a guy wears the suits that he wears and when he goes over the top with the videos that he puts out, he's working a gimmick. This is a guy doing the pro wrestling gimmick. And if you are taking that bait, if he is again, working you into a shoot, God bless you. You know, I mean, if, or I think you're intelligent enough to go, yeah, that guy's just playing a fucking character. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. You know, that's, he's, he's smart enough to realize, Hey, you know what Shale Sonnen did was he took his attitude and he took his mouth and he just cranked it up to a 10. And he's probably not like that when he's at home hanging out with his kids. But when the cameras are on and the microphones are on, he's smart enough to go, oh, this shit gardeners attention and this shit gardeners uh, feedback. And that's the shit that makes money in this sport. So he was smart enough to fucking hop on that and kudos to him for doing it. And if you're not, I don't want to say naive, but if you're not smart enough to pick up on that, I mean, it sucks for you. It does suck for you. Let's let's not forget that shoots have been around much longer than any mixed martial arts. So we've had pro wrestling for a very long time. And there's been a lot of that type of, of, of communication. That's that's the way that they hype the show. That's the way they hype their guys. And now you see it all the time in the UFC. Uh, you see it in probably all other uh, organizations in mixed martial arts. But with UFC in particular, you see a lot of these guys come off and they all have a shtick. And, yeah, it bugs you. You know, do, do, we, do we get tired of hearing Conor McGregor run his mouth? Of course. But... You know, turns it up to a 10. He cranks it up to a 10. And guess what? He gets money. And then he makes the company more money. And he makes his fighting. opponent some money. It's prize fighting, baby. Well, at the end of this fight, they shoved those microphones into the middle of that ring as quickly as they could oh, yeah. because they wanted to get that two second clip of Colby saying, Hey, man, I got a lot of respect for you. And I'm just doing, all, I'm just saying all this dumb shit for money. They made sure to get that fucking two second isolated clip of Colby within all the bullshit, just shooting straight for that two seconds and saying, yeah, you know what? That was a fucking hell of a fight. And, you, and thank you for giving me this opportunity. They made sure, you know what I'm saying? Because they know Colby's not going to fucking hug him and raise his hand at the end of the fight. Like Rocky, like, you know, that, none of that shit's happening. But again, I just don't understand how people can't watch this fight and come away from it going, man, I, I respect that dude. I respect that guy. Yeah, you know what? He may be an idiot. Yeah, you know what? I may not agree with his political affiliations or whatever, but man, that guy can fight. That motherfucker it, can scrap. It's the fight game, correct? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. This, this, we're talking about fights here, right? We're not talking politics. We're talking about practice? We're, talking, we're not talking. Are we, we're talking about practice? Practice? We're talking about practice. We're talking about a game. This is, this is the, the prize fight game. These men and women come in, they put gloves on their hands, they punch each other square in the face until one of them falls down or gives up, and they do it all for a paycheck. There's recognition of your, you know, basic, like, top 10 quarterback in the NFL compared to a champion in the UFC is absolutely ridiculous because we will talk about guys like, uh, 
you know, we'll talk about your Lamar Jacksons and your Josh Allens. We'll talk about your, uh, you know, whoever, Matt Stafford's. We'll talk about those guys and give them all the props in the world. And all they do is go and play football. You got guys who are actually out there. They're punching each other in the face. Colby Covington and, and uh, Kamar Usman put on two of the best fights I've ever seen. Yes. Thank you. Two of the best fights I've ever seen. And these two guys. And both were- fights tell a story. Yes. And that's and that's the that's the beauty, I think, of mixed martial arts. That's the beauty of combat sports. If you get the right combination mm-hmm. of athlete versus athlete, you will create a story it's a great, it's a great meal. Down for the history of your sport. It's like a great meal, though, is what I, is my point is. I love that's where I thought you were going was if you get that right combination, especially a great meal, you know, the right seasonings, the right spices cooked at the right temperatures. And you're like, motherfucker, that was a great meal. Damn, I wish I could eat that shit fucking every single day. Yep. If I damn, I could have tacos every single day if the asada was like that. That is a fucking fight. I can watch that fight all the fucking time. Even if they just went, hey man, we're cutting out the bullshit and we just and, and it ain't about we don't like each other. It's just about styles make fights and he's the number one contender and, and this is where we're at. I I'm good with that because these fucking dudes stylistically, much like again, we talked about. Chandler and Gaethje, stylistically, these guys put on a great fucking fight, and that was a great <laughs> fight. And and who knows, maybe they do end up fighting a fucking third time, much like Rose and uh, you know our girl Zhang, just because man, the the divisions cleaned out, and there just ain't nobody left. This is Colby is the one A to to Usman Zay. So be it. Well, you know, time will tell. And for all you GSP fans out there, oh, here we y'all go. gotta y'all gotta chill the fuck out, man. I know what Dana said. I heard the quips, the quotes uh, that he's possibly not just the greatest welterweight of all time already, but he's possibly entering goat status. Dana White is paid to be the hype man for any person that is making the UFC money. Yes. And that's what he's doing, okay? Whoever the guy is at that moment is going to be the greatest guy in the history of the sport. Exactly. And as far as I'm concerned, I've been on I've been on this podcast for a long time, and I've said it before. I'm not even a fan of GOAT status in general. You can be the greatest of your era, but it's so difficult to pinpoint who truly is the best of the best of all time. It, it's just – it's super hard. Is Michael Jordan better than, than uh, Will Chamberlain? But I think it's – but I think the thing is, Jess, with basketball, you have a 75 years, right, to go. Here's 75 years worth of material. We don't have that with MMA. We don't have that with combat sports. And the same way now that we go, yeah, but when Wilt Chamberlain was playing, the, he was playing against a bunch of slow white dudes. And now look at what LeBron and what Michael played against. They played against athletes. We're going to say the same. We're, we're, they're going to say, man, all GSP. GSP was the first guy was beating guys that were just 2D. He was just beating a Matt Hughes or he was just beating, a uh, you know, just a striker only. Uh, when the reality is, now GSP was beating fucking everybody, and he was finishing a lot of dudes. And I'm more of the boat of, I, it's not time to say that Usman is a goat yet, even though he is beating a murderer's row. GSP beat a murderer's row probably twice. So I got, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion of let's pump the brakes on crowning Usman. Is he pound for pound right now? Yes. There was a moment where uh, Miguel Angel Torres was pound for pound in combat sports 
in 2001. How'd that end for him? Doesn't mean shit. You can be pound for pound for a moment in sports. That's dope. That doesn't always translate to you're going to be one of the greatest of all time. I'm not saying that about Usman. Again, he, he is right there. The lineage is there. The fights are there. But he's not GSP's level yet. Let's give it another two, three years. Let's give it another, you know, two, three, you know, another great trilogy or another great rivalry before we go there. Yes, I agree. Are you dropping off kids, Jess? It sounds like you're getting occupied with the grandkids. No, I was getting a cheese stick, actually. You guys great grandpa work right here. What are you – are you doing microwave? Are you doing regular toaster oven? No, just, a, a, just a string cheese. Sorry. Oh. Are um, you, do you break it up for him or he just takes bites uh, of it because he's a baby? He's a baby. He just takes bites. You know what? He's a he's a true Thomas man. He just eats this. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. He, I like that. He, he, his body fully ingests the protein. The kid's already got a six-pack. Dude. Is he doing pull-ups? Do you hold him and make him do pull-ups? Of course. The kid can do it all. I'm telling you, he's amazing. Are you going to choke slam him at some point tonight, or what's the wrestling move you do? Well, I'm actually, uh, when I was young, well, younger, like 16, 17, and I had a little brother, it was, uh, it was the uh, Tombstone Pile Driver. But you won't do nothing to your kid? Like, I'll fucking choke slam my two-year-old son all the time. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. What about, oh, you know the worst one, though? I'll super kick my kid. I do super kick all the time. And I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll slap my chest to make it sound like he's like the, he's getting kicked. I slap the knee. You know how they say don't slap the knee? On I slap <laughs> the knee because I want it to sound realistic. When you I have fake, to make it sound realistic. When I fake super kick my 26-month-old child. Um, Jess, I'm looking at the next UFC card because I think we should move forward. We spent a lot of time kissing and blowing uh Usman and, and Colby rightfully so and again at some point I'll finish here when we have a chance and what I mean we I mean combat sports fans when we have a chance to go back and look at these two fights we're gonna go man these fucking two fights were fantastic the same way we look at McGregor and Diaz I'll bring that fight up again we're going to look at these two fights and go, man, these two fights were bangers. Like they both, these are, these two fights tell a story. I want fights that tell a story. Well, and that's what we're looking for with, uh, with uh, the guy that we're about to talk about next, Max Holloway, this guy we're talking about with Frankie Edgar. I want to hear stories, man. I want to see uh, fights that we can talk about down the road three, four months, be like, man, remember that hallway fight? Damn. Like that guy was, you know, he was throwing bombs and uh, you know, I want to, I want to see, you know, the, with Colby Covington getting knocked on his ass and then somehow like, like Rocky Balboa, like you said, I love the reference Rocky Balboa and Rocky four. It's my favorite one. I love Rocky four fires me up. I'm already ready to punch a hole. Let's through. Go. Thinking Don't about do it. it. I'm thinking about it. Don't I'm, be a bad Colby, influence Colby, to the baby. Colby he'll, Colby. he'll think it's okay. Just getting knocked down and then getting back up and come on, man. If that's not life in general, like there, there's no other, there's no other meme that's gonna save your soul if you don't watch that and say, "Damn, he got knocked on his ass and he got right back up and he kept on fighting." Storytelling, folks, is beautiful. That's why we watch combat sports. Let's move on, Max. Uh, Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez, incredibly weird and unique fight, in my opinion. This is another Styles make fights type fight. I don't know where Yair is at in his career, and this might be one of those fights where Holloway is just such a fantastic vet, and Yair gets lost in the lights. I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope that Yair steps up here to the plate and does one of those, I'm ready to reach the next level of top-tier status. Um, but I think this could also be one of those where it ends very badly for Yair uh, quickly. Who you got? Uh, I've got Max Holloway. Don't get me wrong, man. I love your Rodriguez. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a smooth, young, up-and-coming up guy. I think that he's going to have shots at claiming a, a top spot. But Max Holloway is still Max Holloway. You know that he's going to be so fluid and smooth with his striking. You know that he's going to throw 300 bombs in there because that's just what Max Holloway does. And he's going to land a very high percent. It's going to take everything and a little bit more for Yair Rodriguez to keep Max Holloway off of him. And I just don't see it happening. I don't think it ends in a TKO KO. I think it ends in a decision. But I think Max Holloway uh, finishes and looks strong and picks up a win. Possible Bull Matador with Holloway just doing a lot of counter-striking. If Yair isn't getting takedowns in this fight or attempting takedowns and he just keeps it standing, um, I think he, at some point Holloway catches him. Um, I like Holloway in a knockout round three. I think I think Yair makes mistakes sometime in that second or third round and gets knocked out. That's it. We did it almost an hour of combat sports. Damn, but now we got like another 40 minutes of NFL. Let's go. No, we're going to do 25 minutes, Tom. We're going to fly. We're going to fly through the NFL. I've just decided. Um, I am pulling up the schedule. For some reason, it likes to, it loves to give me this week's schedule because this week is still going on. There's a game that I am not watching. Um, I believe. Are the Steelers up? Are the Steelers doing anything? You have your eyes on that game? There's. Steelers, Bears? I'm watching none of it. Baltimore, Miami. Oh, I got to get some spreads, Jess. I am so sorry. I do not have spreads. I'm getting spreads right now. Here we are. Um, the good old thelines.com. Shout out thelines.com. My favorite website now because they take every single line for the week. I want to say this before we make our picks, Jess. We have been very successful through nine weeks, Jesse. You and I, I've done the math. I've had somebody help me with the math. We're not talking about against the spread. We're just talking about our pickums. You and I, through eight weeks, were, I want to, I think it was 15 to 20 games over 500. Wow. So we were fucking killing it. Um, I absolutely bombed last week. <laughs> um, I have three games chosen correctly. Um, I, if you listen to last week's show and you put any money on any of the picks that I made, I apologize. Um, I've never apologized in the history of me doing this show on any of my picks, but this is the week that I want to say that I am sorry again, eight weeks in a row, Jess and I, we were fucking well above 500 this past week. It hurt. It hurt us dog. It hurt us, but that's okay. Cause we're fucking back. Ravens, dolphins, Seven and a half points. Lamar Jackson is a fantasy football god. Jess, who you got? I don't think two is playing in this game either because it's, it's, it's yeah, two is two got something going on with his hand. Yeah, he's fucked. And, and to be honest, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett better in that offense, but Ooh, I don't like time. against the the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson wins and covers. Um, for some reason, the Ravens like to fuck around and let and play to the other team's abilities. I don't think they're going to do that this week. I agree with you. They win. They cover. Lamar stays hot. Falcons, Cowboys. I don't know why this is the next game, but I'm going to jump right into it. The Cowboys yeah. finally had that let's get punched in the mouth game. 
They were completely unprepared. As a Cowboys fan, I can tell you they look like absolute dog shit. Credit to Denver, who just played well. They Again, they punched us in our fucking mouth. We were not prepared. Even though Dallas just got punched in the mouth, and even though Atlanta just gave up a big fucking lead, uh, I believe, this last game, or I can't remember how that Atlanta game finished because they did so bad. Dallas is a nine-point favorite and a 10-point favorite on, an, on a website that I'm not familiar with. Um, I can tell you right now, I don't like this fucking spread, Jess, but who you got? Oh, I got Dallas. Uh, D- Dallas, Dallas got punched in the mouth uh, along with some other like really good football teams. Every team got punched in the fucking Every- mouth. Weird week. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record as to say that I do not see a clear cut number one team in the NFL right now. There's Ooh. a lot of really good teams. I disagree. A lot of teams that are fighting. I don't think that there's a clear cut number one. But we will get back to that eventually. Uh, the Cowboys win, and I do like the cover. Uh, I'll hop back in and say the number one team, in my opinion, if we're doing a power rankings, which we never do, almost halfway, like 45% done the season, it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has one loss, I think. If, um, I, if I have to go and, and put a number one, I'm putting yeah. one team on the Tennessee Titans. Wow, really? That's a fucking hot take. Why are you coming with the hot takes? I'm not prepared. <laughs> um, they just lost. Well, I mean, listen, Adrian Peterson, again, the guy can get up off the, the fucking couch. Two off touchdowns. the couch. 80 yards, 18 touches. He's going to run to the line a few times. It's just ageless wonder. Um, Dallas wins. Uh, I don't think they cover. I just, you can't get, you can't get punched in the mouth and basically go down 30, nothing in a game. Um, That 16 points wasn't shit. That was garbage time. Um, Next game, Titans, who Jesse has just crowned as number one power ranked team through eight games uh, against the New Orleans Saints who I believe were losing to Atlanta and then came back and won that game. I believe that's how that went. Atlanta won that game. Atlanta ended up winning. Okay, so New Orleans came back and then then blew it at the end. Okay. That Um, was a weird game. Is that how that went? Yeah, that's how it went. The Atlanta uh, of all teams, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, now remember, Jameis Winston's out. He's not playing no more. He's out for the season. Uh, Terrible injury. It sucks, but uh, it happens. Simeon's in. He's got a bunch of game managers at quarterback now. Yep. And I don't think that you really play Taysom Hill at all, but maybe you do at some point in time. Maybe you start getting gimmicky again. I think you got to. Tennessee's a three-point favorite at home, which does not feel great. I think that's disrespectful as all fuck. Uh, I'm going to get my number one ranked team in the NFL (laughs) right now. The win and they cover – by a lot. Listen, if you if you listen to the show and you gamble and you just forget about last week, okay, because we're not bringing it up again. <laughs> Jesse's just said this is the number one power ranked team, and he's a Bills fan. You got this immediately, in my opinion, makes this three to four and a half. Jesse, by Jesse proclaiming them the number one ranked team on this podcast, it just gave them an instant one and a half point advantage. So this is a four and a half now. I like the Titans in the four and a half. At home. I love Let's it. Let's go. I love uh, it. They, again, they're, they're running Simeon out there. You're going to run a game manager against that defense? No, I'm good. Um, here's our first weird and wild game. The Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. They were disrespected with an enormous spread that they covered pretty easily. Um, they are going on the road against the Colts. The Colts are a 10 and as high as a 10 and a half at BetMGM. Jess, who you got? Uh, you know what? I watched 
I watched my Buffalo Bills get humbled. <laughs> humbled. What a weird game. Hungry, disrespected Jacksonville Jaguars team. Urban Meyer had the had the stripper on his lap the entire yes. game. We've been picking on him. Trevor Lawrence, I believe, at one point in time was wearing a Clemson jersey. One point, uh, he, he was on hurt. a stretcher. Fun guy, was, fun guy was on a stretcher in that game at one point. He looked like he was done for the I, season. I don't know what happened, but I will tell you this. Even in that most impressive win of the week, they still only managed nine points and got their offense's ass handed to them the entire game. If it wasn't for mistakes by Buffalo and Buffalo's failed offense, there's no way this game should have ended the way it did. Nine points, that's it. The Indianapolis Colts, they win, but they don't cover. I, uh, I, I just, again, I can't see where a team lost and they were a heavy favorite in Dallas and a team won in Jacksonville and we're going to give them 10 points. Yeah. It's, I just, it's fucking, I just don't get it. Maybe, maybe the Sharps are going. All right, they had their big win. They had their big fucking parade because they beat the Bills. They're in uh, the highs are high, the lows are low. Maybe that's what the Sharps are thinking. Fuck, I don't know. Um, I like the Colts. I don't like the 10. I'm sorry. I'm not fucking taking 10 after I saw the Jags stick around and beat the Bills, who are a top five team. Yeah, I'm not not taking the 10. How about that fucker? Is it Jonathan Taylor? Who the fuck is the running back for the Colts right now? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is a beast. Over 200 yards. Eating right now. What did he have? Two, three touchdowns last game? Guy Um, is eating right now. Carson Wentz don't got to do jack shit. No. And the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. Amazing, outstanding young running back. I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, football 101 because now we're in this portion of the of the program. But, hey, football 101 is when your team is running the ball well, you are being physical, you are beating the defense up, and now you can run play action and your defense has – the defense that you're playing against has to respect it. And so Wentz is going to have less turnovers. He's going to look le- less Wentz-like. And the Colts are going to look good because they're running the fucking ball. They look fantastic when they run the ball like that. 1,000%. They went, um, speaking of running the ball and you look fantastic, the Cleveland Browns on the road, they are a one-point underdog to the fucking New England Patriots. Jess, if you want to name this show We Curse Too Much in front of your grandkid, that's cool. Um, That might be a perfect name for the show. One-point underdog. The, you Browns, just, the Browns just look fantastic. I know the Patriots it, look you, good too, but what are we doing? You just came off a win against a division rival. And not just a win, but that was like a stamp on the season right there. That was that Baker, was the that was, big, Baker, that was the Baker game. That, that was, was the game Baker needed. The field game right there. That was the game where Baker says, fuck you, that other sports show, and every other sports show that's been shitting and urinating all over me for the past eight weeks. Fuck you, Aldo Beckham. That's the fu- uh, you're, you're, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. I'm out. He really did. But again, man, that's Big Chubb. You get the ball running behind Big Chubb and you start running that play action. And all of a sudden, Bigger's like, no, I'm going to make a conscious effort to throw to my second and third guys this game because fuck Odell Beckham. Um, they look fantastic. They look absolutely fantastic. They were rolling on all cylinders. And when their defense looks good, their defense looks good. We might have, and by us, I mean everyone, the national media, everybody, everybody might have jumped and bought those wolf tickets on the Bengals 
a fucking little early. We might have plucked them flowers a little bit too early. They weren't ready to bloom. We were talking about making a fantastic meal earlier. We might have pulled that shit off the stove a little bit too early. Some that, noodles were still raw. They were kind of crunchy. Hey, you know what I'm saying? And I like my vegetables soft. I like my carrots soft. I don't like them too crunchy. Maybe yeah. a little. So this this might have been what was going on. Um, Jess, who you got? Because this one to me is just so unique. Uh, honestly, I, I can sit here and make some comparisons between Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield. Oh, wow. The play, the play, the type of play that they are. The <laughs> it's too early for me to do that. Uh, it, it is too early. And I don't want to go deep into that. I, I'm just saying that if I had to, I could. Uh, I like what Mac Jones has done in his rookie season with the New England Patriots team that, let's face it, they are not talented anywhere on either side of the ball. Defensively, they're better, but by no means are they elite. And they're still winning football games. They're literally a half a game behind the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East for first place right now. That's a testament to Mac Jones. And I'm going to bring this full circle from the Brady Belichick. This is a testament to gosh damn Bill Belichick. Yes. Yes. The most amazing head coach in the history of head coaching in the NFL. This man has done with the Patriots what no other coach could possibly have done with the New England Patriots. So huge shout out to Bill Belichick. Who you got in this team? Give me, give me your picture. With that being said, after blowing the guy who blew the Buffalo Bills for fucking straight go years, and bury him. I'm gonna bury him. The the the, the, the Baker the Baker train continues to roll. The fuck you, Odell Beckham Jr. train continues to roll. The feed these running backs train yeah, continues to roll. At. Cleveland Browns win. Yeah, I like this is this is gonna be like a twenty to twelve game. In my opinion, 2012 Browns. Um, this is going to be the and I, and I to piggyback on all of your shit, which was fantastic here. The Patriots defense is fantastic, but it's not elite. It's just very well coached and well oiled. Their offense is not elite. It's far from elite. It's just well coached and well oiled. Belichick is doing that expendable running back by committee. One week a running back will have a great game. The next week they don't. Um, the quarterback, the rookie's not turning the ball over. And I'm a firm believer in this. There's two coaches in the league that just find ways to win games. And they're just going to, again, MJF, I'm better than you. And I'm going to beat you because I'm just going to outcoach you. Belichick's one. Tomlin's the other one. Oh, yeah. um, doesn't do it this game. I like the Browns. I like their offense a little bit more. And I do still like the, I still love their defense. I'm on and off. And I know they have bad games where they get burned. We're at the point now. Let's call a spade a spade. Every defense is getting burned this year in the fucking league. There's no consistent defense at fucking all. There's just none. Every defense has that game where it's like, damn, they gave up 23, 27, whatever. Um, Browns win. Um, and I guess they, they, I mean, you know, the point is the point. So it is what it is. Yeah. Your Buffalo Bills. And again, Vegas is playing with fire. <laughs> they looked weird. They had a high spread. They're playing a bad team. It's in division. They are traveling to the Jets. I don't know who will be throwing the ball for the Jets. 13, and I see FanDuel has it at 13 and a half. Jess, who you got? I mean, it. look, uh, Sean McDermott does well in, in games that, uh, like, it, like, you know, games that they have to uh, come back from and bounce back. Bounce back games. That's what I was really looking for. Sean McDermott's a great coach at, at creating a great game plan for a good bounce back game. And a, a great bounce back game 
in such an emotional game that just happened out there in Jacksonville. And I heard some stories. I'm going to tell you right now, as a Bills fan, I heard some stories. The Bills walk around strutting through the stadium. Not even talking about the football game. Not Just feeling themselves. Bucks. They've already crowned themselves. They were feeling themselves. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars put them on their ass and put them back into, into perspective, which I hope is what Coach, uh, Coach Sean McDermott's going to do. I like the Bills, whether it's Flacco, whether it's White, whether it's whoever, I don't care. The Jets are not a very well-coached football team. Coach Sala has done his best, but there's still so many pieces that he just can't control right now Man. or just simply doesn't yeah, have. I agree. The Buffalo Bills are still the Buffalo Bills. They're going to come in, and I think that Brian Dable uh, – Dable has games, man. The offensive coach, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, he has games where he gets a little silly. I think last week was a little bit silly. I think he's going to come back down to earth. They're going to run plays that they've been running that win them games. And the Bills will win, and the Bills will cover. The spreads on a lot of these games are so wild. Um, God, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink the Kool Aid, and I'm gonna agree with you, Jess. But I'm, I'm doing it very reluctantly. Just because I don't like the weird week that we had this week and then seeing enormous spreads like this. Again, maybe this past week was just one of those weird weeks and we can keep chalking it to that. But a 13-point spread, and I know the Jets are bad, but Salah solid gets his guys to play it up. Maybe it gets away from them oh and the Bills end up going up 14-17. That's, that's the only way I can get this in my mind. This feels more to me like the Bills go up 20 or 21, and then the Jets make some weird effort late, and it ends up being like a 12-point win, so they don't cover. But I'm going to go with 13, and I'm going to say they cover. Bills win, Bills cover. Much like my Cowboys, I'm not going to worry about the Bills yet. You're allowed a hiccup game when you have a 17-game season. It's just it's going to happen. Um, the Lions, they are traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are a nine-point favorite. I see eight and a half on some sites which is kind of weird, but uh, who you got? You got Jess, Detroit or Pittsburgh? Uh, Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, Pittsburgh, I believe, is winning tonight right now. Najee Harris scored the first touchdown of the game. I don't think that he's the uh, rookie running back uh, Amazon that people thought he was going to be, but I think he compliments the Steelers in what their offense tries to do. And uh, so uh, I believe that we picked the Steelers, both of us, over the Bears tonight. I think it's going to happen. And I'm also going to pick the, Bear, uh, the Steelers over the Lions. Because the Lions are just a terrible football team. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff is he is one of the least of the, the game-managing quarterbacks that I would ever want to have behind my offensive line. And that offensive line is not bad. And he still can't get the job done. Talent-wise, yeah, you're lacking a lot of pieces, especially in the skill set positions. But they're not a very good football team. And I don't even think the head coach wants to be there. Nah. No, if anybody really wants to be there, it's Detroit. That's what it is. Uh, Steelers win, Steelers cover. And as I predicted last week, second half Steelers, they start control. Mm. Here we Tomlin go. Tomlin turns it's it on. It's happening right now. All that shit we were talking about, Big Ben being fat. I mean, he's still fat. They just kind of figure out how to work around the fat. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Lions lose. Uh, they do not cover Pittsburgh wins Pittsburgh covers. This is Tomlin season. And I think they're going to go heavy dose running here and they're relying on that defense. So as long as golf continues to be, you know, bottom tier quarterback and make the mistakes he makes Pittsburgh will be fine. Uh, Tampa Bay coming off of by my number one ranked power team. They are a eight, a nine and a half 
point favorite across the board. They're going to Washington, playing the terrible Washington football team. We should not spend a ton of time on this game. Jess, who you got? No, I got Tampa Bay. Tom Brady off a bye. He's going to be fresh. He's going to have those fresh 42-year-old legs feeling like they're 40 again. And uh, he's going to be dropping bombs to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin all game. Get ready for it. Uh, Buck win, Bucks cover. If I gave you, as of right now, moving forward, Tom Brady or the field, who is going to win the MVP? What are you taking? Well, we've seen a bunch of MVP candidates take big hits over the last two. Tom Brady, at 42 young years of age, still pushing through. Father. And statistically, he's a maniac right and now. Like he's statistically, he's, he's off the chains. He's having one of the best seasons of his entire career, which is like it's literally spreads like two fucking decades. So, um, yeah, I got Tom Brady versus the field. Yeah, I feel like I would go Tom Brady as well. I feel like this is gonna. How, are, how are we is, still talking about this? This is the time. This is the fuck. We should have gave it to him last year. <laughs> MVP. Last year. Um, yeah, ta- Tampa Bay wins and they covered. Uh, Washington's terrible. I, and boy, did I miss uh, Washington being good. Oh. Uh, the Panthers are a nine and a half point underdog, and I'm seeing ten at Fanduel and ten at BetMGM. Uh, against the Cardinals. Is Kyler Murray playing next week? Is there something I'm missing here? Who you got? Uh, I don't know Kyler Murray's position as far as uh, health-wise is concerned. Uh, I didn't even know he wasn't playing this week. I knew that he was not playing this week. I did not know who was, was his uh, who his backup quarterback was. Uh, I was surprised that they put up the points that they did. And I'm also even more surprised that James fucking can't – can't stay on the field. Connor has scored an NFL high this season. 11. Dude, he is the goal line machine. He's a fucking 11. goal line machine. Whoever picked that dude up in fantasy, they got him in like the sixth round, I guarantee. Because Dude, really you're fucking being generous with the sixth round. It may be, Yeah, I am being very generous. It could have been like eighth, ninth, tenth round. I don't know. But whoever picked him up, gold mine in fantasy football right now. Gold mine. Uh, 11 touchdowns. Season high right now, 11 touchdowns. He leads everybody in scores. Uh, the Cardinals' offense has been brought down a notch or two. But until they hit that playoff run, I don't see them getting stopped by too many people. Yeah, weird because they really they only have one loss. And I don't think anybody has them in their fucking power rankings as a top three team just for whatever reason. Meanwhile, they, they have one fucking loss, that weird loss against the Packers. That they could have, they could have easily been undefeated. Um, I man, I'm. I, I ultimately, to me, it comes down to if Kyler plays. If Kyler plays, I like, the, I like him to to win and cover. If Kyler does not play, I think this is a lot closer game. Only because Christian McCaffrey's back, and that offense in Carolina is going to start to settle now. That McCaffrey's going to start getting his normal touches. Can I can uh, I add one thing to this game? Real of course, on Christian McCaffrey. If you're Christian, if you're CMC. How are you feeling about this organization who openly said that they were going to trade you? You're fucking a, you're fucking Mike Trout at this point because you got paid so much money. You're just going to roll. You're just going to go with the flow. You just you got money. You're just gonna, you're Mike Trout. You're just I'm going to go with the flow. If they're going to trade me. That's cool. Right. I, I'd like to get you to do a contender. If not, man, I'm you know what I mean? Like Steve, he got paid. So I'm sure he's fucking fine. And if that team if that team traded that fucking guy, I mean, Jesus Christ, our entire offense for the past three years has surrounded that guy and their entire game plan 
is surrounded by that guy. I don't know what the fuck they'd be thinking trading that guy. There, I mean, they, you were you were you were in the talks of being traded to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. So I mean, I, which I understand, but again, Jesus. Um, <laughs> what's the next fucking game? Uh, Vikings. The the where this makes so so much sense to me that the Vikings are a two and a half point underdog because every game they lose is between three and seven. They cannot it's win a fucking true. game. Thank every you. game they win or lose is a three to point seven. Good. That's it. Great. Um, they are a the Chargers are a two and a half point favorite at home. Who you got? Uh, you know what. I'm going to take the upset special here. I like this. I, I believe I took the upset special last week, and I believe my upset special was mini also. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Minnesota. They've got to win a close They got to break and on through on one of these. One of these damn games. And, and the, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert has been found out, that, that people have just, no. you know, they, they know what he's doing now. They figured him out. I'm not saying that. Herbert's still a very special talent in this league right now. But people have been finding out ways to at least slow him. He's down. not, yeah, he's not over 500 yards a game. Anymore, exactly, like he was in the first four games. The MVP talk on him has cooled down as well. Has cooled down exactly over the last couple of games. I think he only threw for like 400 some yards. So I mean, and then last week or last night, he obviously had a very good game. But I, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins in this. I think I like that this. Kirk Cousins is going to find a damn way to win a close game. I see this game being. 31 27 27 24 somewhere in that range minnesota wins yeah this is the battle of teams that like to choke games within the last two minutes this is going to come down to just whoever has the fucking ball in the last 30 seconds to a minute if even uh i'm going to go chargers at home but i don't like it and i kind of love your pick but i just can't pick minnesota because i've seen them choke away so many fucking games this season um philly they are terrible they are traveling to Denver. Denver is a three-point favorite. I see two and a half on some websites as well. Who you got? Uh, Denver's coming off a huge win, too. I mean, uh, th- I think that that easily covers their biggest win of the season. I, but I also think that that's about the, the high, their ceiling. Is, is highs are highs, lows are lows. You don't want to be, this, that might be their, their big win, their big fucking emotional win of the year. Um, did you say Denver was at home? Denver is at home. They are a three-point favorite at home. You know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that Teddy Spaghetti Legs rides this wave into next week, and the Broncos win in Mile High, and I'm gonna say that they cover. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Just, but I'm more Philly's bad. Philly's just bad. Philly He's is still good. not showing me anything, and I still don't trust Hurts. And I know statistically, fantasy wise, he looks fantastic. But if you watch any of those Philly games, they just look lost a lot of times. And uh, I I think I mean I can't pick against Denver when I just saw them punch my Cowboys in the fucking mouth. I just can't. I just watched that game. Uh, Denver wins. Denver covers. Yep. Seattle, and I have heard that Russell Wilson will be playing in this game, playing the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is playing in this game. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be suspended. I don't know if we should spend a ton of time on fucking Aaron Rodgers. We were lucky enough to get uh, let's do the this. Tape- we I were lucky enough to take last week's podcast before all the shit hit the fan, and now the shit hit the fan, and now I feel like we're the last ones in if we're going to have Rodgers. I, uh, I want one take from you. I'm going to give you one take. Make it really fast. Here's my take. Uh, Rodgers does not get suspended by the league. He gets benched by the Green Bay Ooh, Packers. So suspended by his team. team. Uh, I love that. I, and, I, and I think that there's just – 
he's right about cancel culture. They're going to come for his season this year because yep. there's just a bunch of yellow flags and yellow lights that are now turning red because him talking shit, he's got guys like Mike Florio going, actually, here are all the fucking receipts. And you have these GMs that are going, well, why do my quarterbacks have to do this, but his doesn't? And if uh, we just talked about the Colts, if the Colts filed the complaint and went, yeah, you know, uh, Wentz isn't vaccinated and he wears his fucking mask and he does all these things. And Cousins and the Vikings did the same thing. And went, yeah, but he does all these things. They have a legitimate argument. I think he will be suspended either by the team because they go, fuck it, we got to swallow this or by the league because they want to they want to swing their dick. And they feel like Aaron Rodgers just flat out urinated all over their policies. Forget about his, whatever his thoughts are. There went my quick take. Forget about whatever his thoughts are uh, and the political shit. He urinated on what the rules and the guidelines were. And for him to say, yeah, you know what? I actually talked to one of their fucking doctors and I, and I made him look like an idiot. And for them to come out and say, yeah, actually, he didn't talk to any of our fucking doctors. And we have those receipts, too. He's digging a hole and you would wonder if the Green Bay PR said stop digging a fucking hole because we can't protect you anymore. Another quick thought is this. Remember at the beginning of the year, we talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers in his offseason with the Green Bay Packers and how this could potentially be a Rodgers fuck you Green Bay year. Mm -hmm. The script has flipped. It is now Green Bay saying fuck you to Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee it. He is he is went from we have to trade him fucking we hate him to you know we're we're warming up to him again to oh he's doing the the belt celebration right on the bear's face we love him again to we we're here we are now yep and you know what i'm saying again as much as he has not wanted to turn this into a political thing it isn't a political thing but it really is how you feel about vaxes and if you're a strong vax dude you probably think he's a fucking idiot. And if you're an anti-vaxxer, you probably think this is a godsend because we need a representative like Aaron Rodgers. The problem is he doesn't come off intelligent the moment he says, I've been consulting with Joe Rogan. That's where you fuck up. That's where you drop the fucking ball. That is where the mistake was made. You can say, yeah, you know, I actually sent 500 pages worth of documents to the NFL. Okay, you kind of sound smart when you're saying this shit. You know, that's 500 more pages worth of documents than my ass is researched. But the moment you drop Joe Rogan, you just really, you are taking that fucking gun and you're shooting yourself in the foot. And the Green Bay Packers organization as a whole, when they hear that, they've got to put their hand in their head in their hands and go, fuck, he said Joe Rogan. Two guys, two podcasters, two legends already in the the media world, Joe Rogan and Pat McAfee, but two guys that you cannot go on their show and say that kind of shit and not get backlash for from everybody else. And again, with the receipts, there's a video of him saying Joe Rogan and McAfee covering his mouth because he's giggling and he realizes, oh, these cameras are going to pick up on the live feed of me giggling at, it, at uh, our host because he just dropped fucking Aaron. He just dropped Joe Rogan. Um, with that said, I'm going to Seattle. <laughs> I'm going to Seattle. You got Jess? If Russell Wilson plays, I'm yeah, going. I think he's playing. I'm pretty sure he's playing. If he's playing, I'm going to Seattle. <laughs> uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. And boy, does this feel like uh, one of these teams needs a win like you wouldn't fucking believe. Uh, who you got, Jess? 
Uh, I think, uh, oh, man, I, Chiefs are a three-point favorite on the road. The Chiefs, for as many teams that lost, including the Las Vegas Raiders, who are number one in their division, the Kansas City Chiefs still don't look right. No, they no. don't look right. I know that they got this win, but they beat Jordan Love. Yeah. Jordan Love is not ready to be in a position of a starting quarterback. Just is Jordan, is, at, at his best, is Jordan Love going to be mid? He's, let's throw it out At there. his best. Jordan Love, for all you Wisconsinites, you cheeseheads, is so mid. Thank you. That's my best MJF right there. That's all. So that I- was good. An MJF with three I- plugs in this fucking podcast, I believe. So... <laughs> I mean, we're ninety-six minutes in. You, you gotta yeah. expect it. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, I, I, they just don't look right, man. Patrick Holmes don't look right. I, I, there's something going on with that offense, whether it's the offensive line or having no, uh, like legitimate running back, uh, no RB one. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Tyreek Hill uh, just doesn't look as electric. Travis Kelsey's banged up, and I think he's kind of been playing banged up all all season. And uh, man, I, I. I honestly think that the the Las yeah. Vegas is going to win. Yes, yes, Las yes. Vegas. Yes, I'm taking. The, I, you can call it an upset. Just don't call it a comeback. The Las Vegas Raiders have never they've never left. They're coming back. They're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and, and keep that number one spot there in the AFC. It just it's just fitting for the Raiders season that they have all these things happen the last three weeks with today them cutting a first round pick because he was fucking threatening to kill somebody on the internet um it's only fitting that they win this game at home this is when vegas seems to rise to the occasion this is when Carr does that nobody believes in us and he activates wolverine Derek carr (laughs) shout out my boy brian because we're hitting everybody tonight um i like vegas i like the upset I think that they win, and I think that they win on in a really weird scoring game. It's going to be like 13-17 Oakland. I'm that's, sorry, Las Vegas. That's absolutely insane. I was actually thinking 13-17 uh, myself. Rams. No, we're still locked in right now. Rams, Niners, last game, Monday night. The Rams are currently a four-point favorite. This is off the board on two websites, which is unique. Who you got? Man, this is a this is a unique game, Jay. You've liked to you've used that word a, a few times tonight. I like it in this in this retrospect with this game. Uh, the Rams just got humbled themselves by the Tennessee Titans, my number one pick in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 49ers had chances if they really could have put some 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 uh, some plays together to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And my grandson is telling me that he agrees. Uh, I'm going to go. He's a, he's a big staff. Because I think overall, they're just a more talented team. I think that whether it's Garoppolo or Lance, that the, the 49ers are falling a little bit short of the quarterback position. And so I'm taking the Rams and I'm going to take the four and a half. I think it's weird. I think it's weird, but I'm going to take the four and a half. I think it's. It could be like a six-point win. So the funny thing is, I, this you know me, and I say this every week. I watch every Niners game. I watch more Niners football than any team. This was a week I took. Uh, I watched no Niners football. I took the. I I slept during the entire Niners game. I literally took a nap after. I was so upset with the Cowboys and just so upset with football and fucking tired because I had 
done some yard work that I slept through this fucking game. I didn't watch any of it. After so, Buffalo, it's basically the same thing. I was very, listen, I was very upset. I was very upset with my uh, just gambling, just everything. It was just when you just go, you know what? Let me turn this football off. Let me go fucking lay down with my kid and take a little snooze. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Niners. I don't trust them right now. Bose is playing. He's not playing to the level he was playing three years ago when he was an MVP and changing games. Um, I like the Rams. The four is tough because to me, this feels more like a two or a three point steal on the road. Um, so I'm going to say Niners cover, Rams win. Just the quickest shout outs in the world. And let's get out of here. Uh, no real shout outs. I'm just going to say, everybody that listens, thank you. Continue listening. Uh, please enjoy the fact that my grandbaby has been making noise for most of this podcast. Yes, thank hopefully, you for sticking with us if you listen to the whole show. And shout out you, Jess. Your really patience cute. was incredible. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hopefully a lot of you just think it's really cute and funny that the two-year-old is running around making Google Gaga noises. Uh, the rest of you, thank you for listening to the picks. Thank you for listening to the MMA stuff. MMA Twitter, we have been going hard for you guys Yes, the last couple weeks. After we said we weren't because <laughs> the NFL is back. So remember you enjoy. Remember us with the follows. And this is where Please. the follows come in. Follow Jay on Twitter, our only form of true social media at Valdez spelled backwards 559. Follow me at JTT81 and follow the show at that other or Team Toss 21. Team Toss 21. All there on Twitter. Thank you, folks. We'll be back next week. Jay, thank you for joining me again. Tremendous show. I love doing it with you, man. It's awesome. That's it. Peace, God. This is that other sports show. Let's go.